All right. Welcome back. Uh, this is the uh, blue versus green show where the blue is always on top of the green. <clears throat> uh, we've got plenty to talk about, uh, despite uh, my uh, colleagues over here, their deep sighs, their side eyes, gold stuff. Um, I am one of your hosts, Gabe, representing the blue and representing the green. Jose, what's up, y'all? Wearing green. Walter, and unfortunately today I'm wearing blue. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, not, it's not an indication of my fandom. It's an indication of my extreme love for Broly. So. It's an indication that you need to fire your wardrobe department. I yeah, think. that's true. That's true. So. Don't worry. Uh, I think that we'll be able to hopefully invest in a proper uh, wardrobe uh, assistant um, as we continue to grow this show. Uh, which we can only do if you guys continue watching. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, we got a ton of things to talk about. Uh, this is kind of just like a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, there isn't any football going on, so we really want to find things to talk about kind of cast. And we've got a Jets update uh, with Aaron Rodgers, uh, some other stuff happening before the draft happens, the draft itself. Um, so why don't we just get right into it, no? Um, well, Jose. What do you guys? What do you guys have been up to? And what do you guys think of uh, what's been going on with the Jets? What has been going on with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers? Just you know the same story. Leverage. 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 <laughs> you know, if if I hear that word one more time, I swear I'm going to just stomp on somebody because leverage. It, it is it is ridiculous how. And I, I don't know if you guys have been on, on Twitter much, but uh, Packers Twitter is absolutely insane. Like, I've never seen a fan base so out of touch with what um, trades look like. Like, early days, I kid you not, people were talking about, well, we want um, the first round pick, we want their second round pick, we want their first round for the next one. We want Sauce Gardner. We want Quinn Williams. We want ABT. And and I'm I'm like, guys, do you understand that this is a guy who literally said he was 90% retired? It's not like we're talking about Aaron Rodgers when he's 25. We're talking about an Aaron Rodgers who's 39. And it's funny because literally the guys that are saying all of that, they're like, oh, well, you know what? It's time for us to move away from our aging quarterback. Um, I'm sorry. So you want all this for a guy that you're clearly talking about moving on? Come on. Yeah, I think I heard somebody asking for um, Stoss Gardner's firstborn son in the 2043 draft. That was something that I saw out there on Jets Twitter or on uh, Packers Twitter. So it was a little unrealistic. A Brooklyn pizza pie, the Statue of Liberty, the circle line. I mean, come on, guys. Really? Let's well, let's be for real. We traded we traded for Brett Favre for a fourth round pick. Right. No, I totally agree and understand. But you guys say this, but the truth of the matter is that like all the reports out there kind of are pointing to that. The reports are saying that like they want three first round picks. Or no, well, actually, actually, three, actually three picks. They want a first round pick and and I think three four, or four picks in total. They want two we only have and the last that, time, the last time, don't shoot the messenger. This no, 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 no. But, but, but I, I will tell I mean, you this: rumors and speculation because nothing's right. been said or confirmed from either party. But oh well, yeah, I, yeah you can confirm this because Brian Gutekunst, the Packers general manager, he already said they don't need a first round to complete this. They already said that. That is public. That is he put that Why out there. Say this. This was about. This was about. I want to say a week right, during the, the the owners' meetings. That was what, like a week and a half ago. About that. So, the, so the crazy report, to me that it still hasn't happened. That like the Aaron Rodgers news is still no news. Yeah, but you know what? So the report it has it right when now. When is it gonna happen? So here's what the report has it right now. The report, the latest thing that that is out there and i believe it's by a guy named charles johnson who's who's been pretty pretty good with this supposedly um the the package that's out there that the jets want is that they're willing to give a second round pick this year 
They want to do a conditional pick next year. And in case Rodgers does not play in 2024, right. they want that third round pick of the following year. Right. The, the holdup. You're right. And I, I don't think that's that's necessarily a, a bad package to begin with, because you know what? No. We've already seen what happened with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, you know, the Seahawks traded him and gave them the first round pick, assuming that Denver was going to be good. Guess what happened? Uh, Denver has the fifth pick in the draft. This totally blew up in the Seattle's face. And so Seattle, Jet, the Jets are looking at this and seeing the stuff that happened with Seattle. And they're like, you know what? We don't want to have that happen to us because we are assuming that if Aaron Rodgers plays, that draft pick is going to be late 20s, maybe early 30s, because we're assuming that it's good. He's We're going to be good. Yeah. Den Seattle thought the same thing, and it turned out Denver was horrible, and now they miss out on a fifth round, a fifth pick in the draft. So again, right. I don't, I don't think the Jets thing is, you know, ridiculous in terms of what they're asking, but the Packers are hung up on that pick for next year. They want it to be a very specific. It has to be either first or second round. They don't want mm -hmm. the the conditions attached to that. So that's the hang up right now. That's what I believe, you know, and that's what's being yeah. reported out there right now. Yeah. And as the Jets, you can use a couple of solid picks over the next couple of years to fill some positions that you might not be able to fill in this year's draft. So you don't want to necessarily give up picks of that value so quickly, even if it is for an Aaron Rodgers. Right. I think that's the holdup. That's definitely the holdup. It seems to be at least. Right. But we still need to talk about that one word, the L word, leverage. Because the fact that Lamar Jackson is now definitely not going anywhere and mm -hmm. there is nowhere else for Aaron Rodgers to go, they really do have all the leverage. Because at the end of the day, the Packers could just be like, all right, well, we just won't trade them then. You know, it's all I right. know it sounds crazy. I know that it sounds crazy for them mm -hmm. to say that, like, we won't. We, we won't trade him. We'll just put the bill and just pay him, even though he may not play or we'll just sit him. But they do have all the leverage and can hold the gun on the Jets. You know, because the Jets don't have a choice. You know, come draft day, they need to either make a decision or not. They need to, they need to, like, you know, either have the deal done by draft day or draft another quarterback. So yeah, let me, let me... I don't think the Packers are going to do that very quickly. Like I, I think the reasoning doesn't make sense. Like the Packers have a lot of work to do for their own team over the next couple of years, so they have to start focusing on that. They need to free up some of that money as quickly as possible. Uh, like they're 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 really shooting themselves in the foot if they did something like that as well. It's a, it's kind of a, a you know a mutually assured destruction situation, and we I don't think forget, they're going to do that. We forget um, Aaron Rodgers' contract when we talk about this stuff because mm -hmm. you know um the the cap right now for him is very friendly i believe if you trade him now you get um the jets would be picking up i think 13 million dollars in cap right mm -hmm. but the biggest issue is that 60 million dollar payout and, right. and so and so if the packers choose not to trade him um they better start getting ready to release a ton of players because that cap hit comes due this year. So the fact that we're we're trying to say that the Packers have all the leverage, I don't buy that one bit because you're going to get a guy that's sitting on the bench that's taking up nearly $60 million of your cap. Mm -hmm. And that means you now have to decimate your team just to keep Aaron Rodgers on there. Um, a team that's already in, that in dire doesn't straits. Sound, yeah, that doesn't sound like leverage to me at all. And needs I, I, weapons I, I, for their young quarterback desperately. Yeah, in order to I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. But what's 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 the uh, like when it comes to the term of leverage? You want to talk about like who has the worst hand, right? Uh, so right now, I would, I would, I would, I still would think say, that the Jets have the worst hand. I, I don't, I don't agree. agree. I don't agree with that because you know what. Uh, to me, there's, there is, there are, there are timelines here, and there are, there are deadlines that are going to be hit pretty soon. The first one is Monday, right? Because Monday starts 
um, the voluntary the voluntary training camp, right? Now, that's a very soft cap in my mind. But imagine um, Aaron Rodgers showing up at Packers camp when Jordan Love is supposed to be the starter. I think, and this is my feeling, that I think that you want to make sure that as you're going into these camps, as you're walking in, you can go ahead and tell your players, this is our starter. And that goes both ways. That goes for both Green Bay and and the Jets. But right now, you know, you're looking right now. And and listen, we picked up a guy in, um, I can't remember his name, but we picked up a, a, a Green Bay Packer quarterback as our backup, right? He's literally there to run the offense until Aaron Rodgers gets there because he has familiarity with um, Nathaniel Hackett's system, right? So in terms of the Jets, yes, he's not the talent level that Aaron Rodgers is, but you have a guy that knows it and can run it during camp. When you look at Green Bay, if you're walking in with Jordan Love coming into camp and then Aaron Rodgers coming into camp, what are you going to say at that point? Because at that point, they're both still on your team, right? So what do you what do you say to your players? Who's going to be running first team? Is it going to be Jordan know. Love or is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? But that is that right? is Packers' problem. So, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily. But know, that's that necessarily, that's, a, that's a problem uh, though. It's a problem, absolutely. Right? But like, having Aaron Rodgers in general is just a problem. Period. Whether it's so, this issue or not, regardless, I agree. I. That's a different conversation, I think, a little bit in, in this no, context. And, and, and again, that's why I Aaron said Rodgers, we all kind of agree, can be a difficulty, uh, you know, team chemistry-wise. So right. we agree with you on that one. So, and he's already pissed off at the Packers organization. Yeah. You don't think that he won't walk in there and cause a, cause a big a big stink? I well, totally see that that's, that's something like Aaron Rodgers would do, right? Especially the way he's feeling about the Packers organization. But that's also why I'm like this is like kind of like a spike thing because the Packers are like, you could have retired last year. You could have, like, this, that, and the third. Uh, and now you're mad at us for doing our due diligence as a business um, as opposed to, you know, doing whatever you want because you're a princess. That's the issue listen, that I have is that no, there's – like, Aaron Rodgers is, like, this, like, you know, entity that's so combustible and you just don't know what's going to happen whether he walks onto the field at the at the Packers or if he goes into a dark room and yes so anyway yes but that doesn't address address what's going on here in terms of who has the better hand to play and I think another point that I want to make and that I want to move on from Aaron Rodgers again because we're talking about him too much at least me personally talking about somebody too much that nothing has happened over the past few weeks and it's a bit annoying but if you're the Jets, you already have a really solid base as, as your team on defense and on offense, minus the quarterback, okay? There are some things we need to address, obviously, offensive tackle, safety, strong safety, uh, you know, a, line, uh, a linebacker, and defensive, ta- uh, defensive lineman. <clears throat> so there's some needs that we can address in the draft, right? Whether or not we get Aaron Rodgers, there's some things that we can do there in the draft, some things we can do in trades over the next season. Let's say that it's a bust. We don't get Aaron Rodgers. We don't get anybody at quarterback. We go with Zach Wilson another year. Let's look at the, Rod- the, 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 the Packers really quickly. Again, if they keep Aaron Rodgers, they have to decimate their team in terms of cap space. They have to get rid of some of their best players, a team that already doesn't have any offensive weapons for Jordan Love. Looking ahead to 2024, some of the free agent quarterbacks, and I'm not a fan of this guy, but some of the quarterbacks that are going to be free agents are Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. There are weapons coming next year that the Jets could target if the Packers decide to blow this thing up. What do the Packers do this season if they decide to blow this up? They get worse. They get a lot worse. And then maybe they get the promise of a better draft pick next year because of how bad they'll do this season. But if you're the Packers, you are insane if you decide to blow up this trade for for a holdout of first-round draft picks or, or Sauce Gardner or whoever the hell it is that they're trying to get. It, I don't think they're going to do it. I think that they're just making it look kind of like they're, they're creating this, this vision of leverage in order to make it look like they're in the driver's seat. The Jets know they're in the driver's seat, so they, for lack of a better way to put it, don't give a shit. 
They're just waiting it out. Driver seat against yeah. someone that might be crazy runs with trying to play a game of chicken. Listen, at, at, at well, the yeah, end. again, Aaron Rodgers is a different conversation. The Packers yeah. don't have leverage here. That's nonsense, if you yeah. ask me. And, and listen, one last thing before we move on. Um, it's not like the Packers are having to blockade the door from offers for Aaron Rodgers because they're dealing with one team and one team only. And they tried to manufacture um, interest with this whole, oh, guess what? The 49ers are interested. Come on, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? That never happened. That's not going to happen. Nobody is willing to take on a 39-year-old quarterback with 90% retired with that shitty-ass contract that he has. And let me tell you something. That contract that the Packers gave him is garbage. No, no, it's true. It's true. You know what? But nobody – that is a shitty-ass contract that the the Packers gave him. And they admit it. It sounds so much like the Jets. It is. It is. I Listen, I'm not going to disagree But the fact is, the Packers have only one suitor in this, and that's the Jets. And that's why, in terms of leverage, and you listen, leverage is a subjective word. I don't think either teams have leverage, to be quite honest. But you know what? If you, as of right now, I think the Jets have just a smidgen more because they've got like the soft cap of, of training camp coming up, and they have a much more harder cap in terms of the draft. Because if they want any help this year, it they have to do it before the draft. If not, you know what? I'm o- I'm almost fine for them to say let's get past the draft because you know what? Now we get three guys in the top fifty, so I'm fine with blowing past that deadline. I don't know if the Packers are. So that's all I'm going to say on that. You know. Well, you know, like I do want to I do want to say I wonder how much leverage would the Jets have had if they had gotten OBJ. Hmm, that is that is an excellent, excellent transition. Let's talk about my man. Well, actually, he's more your guy, if anything, right? He's not my guy. He's not my guy anymore, I guess. He didn't even entertain trying to be my guy. He didn't even really truly entertain trying to come back to the job. Let's let's be clear about OBJ. Let's talk about OBJ. Fan base, right? He tried to leverage. This was crazy to me because man, there goes that L word again. He tried to leverage the New York fan base to create a buzz about him coming back to the East Coast and coming back to, to New York. First, it was, you know, I haven't finished, I have, I have unfinished business with uh, the Giants and with my man Saquon Barkley and this, that, and the third. And that turned into like, well, I am kind of coming back to New York, but I kind of want to wear the green. And that whole conversation was all what? To leverage more money against a team that he actually really, really wanted to be with. And it was with the Ravens, which he ultimately signed with. No? For $15 million. Already kind of burned. In my mind, I told you guys already separately that, like, you know, if he's if he's going to come back to the East Coast and not sign with the Giants, then in my eyes, he's no longer, like, you know, we have the saying is, like, you know, once a Giant, always a Giant. This is one of those, case, those cases where I'm just like, mm, maybe not in this case. You know, if you were, I'm su- I'm surprised at that. I'm surprised giant, at that. Giant, then how do you even entertain coming back to New York, but to play for the other team? How do you even entertain that? You know, so that's just me. And he ended up signing with the Ravens. So I don't know. Uh, like he never signed with the Giants, the Jets. So I feel like maybe that doesn't hold true. But the fact that he played the Jets and the New York fan base just to get the contract that he got from the Ravens. That also leaves a really salty taste in my mouth, you know? Hey, hey, Jose, um, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How many how many Jets are on the Giants roster right now? How many Jets are on the Giants roster right now? It's uh, a good Gabe, question. Gabe, you want to answer that question? No, 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 no. I, I would it's love more than answer. one. It's more than no. two. It's more than three, so oh yeah. The the, the whole the whole point of you know, but you guys don't have that sign, that, that that saying. You guys don't have like one. Yeah, and that, and like I said, that that's kind of that's kind of surprising to me because you know what, I I would tend to think that yeah, I know it's it's kind of like 
um, let's say Aaron Judge going to the Mets or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't think for us it's that extreme. I, I guess for Giants fans it is. You know, um, I'm I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna throw it to Jose because I, I want to get his thoughts on that. Um, I honestly do think that the interest between the Jets and OBJ was genuine. Um, and and at at first I was like, you know what? Again, we've been played because it's happened so many times in the past with the Jets, right? Mm-hmm. But I really do believe that there was some genuine interest in here. And it was literally a matter of the Ravens desperate to bring somebody in to kind of entice Lamar to come in. And they literally overpaid to get OBJ. And you know what? Yeah. The the reports are that OBJ did go back to the Jets and say, hey, can you can you sweeten the pot a little bit? Yeah. And the Jets were like, no, we're not. So, you know, to me, again, I think that also tends to kind of like fit the narrative of him wanting to go to the Jets because he did go back and say, hey, guys, can you do something for me? You know, and honestly, 15 million, 18 million, too much for OBJ to be. And I, as OBJ, as, as good as OBJ would have fit in the Jet organization, I don't think he was necessarily a need. I, to be honest, when when I heard the news about OBJ going to the Ravens, I was like, "All right, whatever." Yeah, I mean, you know, it it didn't it didn't phase me, you know, like that. So that's that's my take. What do you what do you think, Jose? That's exactly, in a nutshell, that's exactly what I would say. Like for for fourteen million dollars, almost guaranteed fifty million dollars for a one year contract. OBJ was a superstar a few years ago. He hasn't been on the field really in a while the last time we saw him he had an impact in the super bowl i guess great good for him uh but and he did well with the rams in the time that he was with them but again he's 30 years old we haven't seen him on the field in a few years 50 million dollars is not something that i would pay if i were the jets because we have a a solid wide receiver room and apparently the rooms now are looking at, at hopkins as well which would blow things up in terms of our, our wide receiver room. I would but rather have Giants, Hopkins, Yeah, Yeah, 100%. If you're going to go for somebody that's a little bit more of a veteran, he's been on the field a little bit more recently. The Giants shouldn't have paid that kind of money either, I don't think. I don't think that Olda Beckham Jr. Uh, is the weapon that you're looking for. We talked about this a little bit before the cast, right, Gabe? Like, you need somebody who's a deep threat, and Odell Beckham Jr. was that. He's older. We don't know if he still is that. And the bigger problem that the Giants have in terms of signing somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. is y'all don't have any size on your wide receiver team. Like everybody is like about six feet or shorter. You know what I mean? You need a big wide receiver on that team, a big target for Daniel Jones, I think at least. I mean, every team I think needs at least one big wide receiver target and not just a big uh, big tight end target. And y'all don't have that. Odell Beckham Jr. does not resolve that need so i don't think he's worth it um in terms of him kind of playing all of the new york teams i don't think he really was doing that honestly i think he was genuinely looking for a good contract as somebody who hasn't been on the field in a while he feels like he has a lot to prove and he feels like he's worth it um and i don't think either team was going to pay him that kind of money bottom line the ravens will because apparently they're taking a chance on lamar jackson uh, which is a whole other conversation in terms of the money that they're paying him. But, I mean, in a nutshell, yeah, like, he's not worth the money, and I'm not going to be too offended by a player that's looking for the best deal for himself, especially in right. what's starting to be the twilight of his career. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my opinion on that. I mean, but again, that's why I say, like, I, I, there's, there's nothing wrong with someone going out there to get, like, the best possible contract that they can get. That's what Daniel Jones mm-hmm. did. But this is why I say that like, he was playing. Like, yes, I do think that the interest was genuine between OBJ and the Jets, but not with the Jets because of the team, but the Jets because of the potential for the money. He was interested yeah. in the Jets' potential money. You know, that yeah. conversation with the Giants was serious because there wasn't money there, you know? So, so my thing is that, like, he – because he was looking for the money – uh, 
he did leverage the fan fervor of the New York fans in order to create the buzz to get the money. You know, I think that without the buzz of OBJ coming back to New York, that there would not have been as much value um, out of him because he wouldn't have really been trending. He was only trending because of the idea of him coming back to New York, whether it's to the Giants or to the Jets and being put together with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I do think that the uh, conversations were genuine between him and the Jets, but I, I don't even, I don't think that even he thought that it was realistic that he would be with the Jets because my man even had a scheduled appointment with the, with the Jets while he was hanging out with Lamar Jackson. So how serious can you really be about, like, you know, signing on to the Jets? I have a, an appointment that I'm going to go do a physical with them. But I'm doing this. It's like it's like you 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 set up a date with uh with with the girl that you're seeing for tomorrow while you're in bed with someone else. You know what I mean? Like so that's why it doesn't seem genuine to me, and that's why I feel like he was really just using the fanfare of the New York teams to 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 buzz his name up to then get a bigger contract elsewhere. Well, um, I think it was like I think it was more like. All right, it, like best case scenario, New York Jets come up with the money and they decide to sink all that money into me and I go back to New York uh, with the money that I want, you know. Um, but I don't think that that's even something that he thought was even more of a more than a 10% chance of being realistic. Well, I, I mean, he was chasing the money. I agree with that. But I don't find that as offensive, I guess, is really the point that, that I would make. Right. And, because and, he was and, never a Jet. I, I, a giant, it is. I, I understand. I'm going to say this, and, and we'll wrap this one up with, with this. Um, you know, OBJ is entering his 30 he's, – he's going to be 31 um, with this contract. Um, he's got two ACLs. With the Rams, he averaged 38 yards per game, and he hasn't averaged more than 40 since 2019, okay? With the Jets – um, and I think I think with him, the Ravens is a better situation for him, not only not only financially, but just being on the field, because with the Jets, at best, he probably would have been wide receiver two, if not wide receiver three, because he's not going to supplant Garrett Wilson. There's a possibility that Aaron Lazard is over him in, in terms of just the fact that he has not played that much with Baltimore he does have the opportunity to be the main guy. You know, they do have a guy over there. I, I forget what his name is. I think it's Rashard Bateman or whatever. I don't remember who that wide receiver is. But the fact that I don't remember his name tells you that, you know what, he yeah. has a chance to be the guy over there. So, yeah. so I think, you know, not only financially, but in terms of just playing time and, you know, where you are in the pecking order, Baltimore makes sense for him. Now, the question becomes who's going to be throwing the ball to him. I don't think that there is a snowball chance in hell that he signed that deal, not knowing for a fact that Lamar is yeah. going to be there next no year. No question about it. So, No yeah. question about it. So, uh, I personally, I wish him well. Um, it's going to be still awesome to see him play. I hope that Lamar and OBJ uh, have a really good connection on the field and stuff. Um, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is, uh, maybe OBJ is like, Hey, look, let's have a badass season. Let's kill it. And then let's leave somewhere else together, you know, after the season or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, let's show them what, like what they're missing out on and stuff. Um, yeah. but anyway, yeah, I wish them well, but this isn't the blue <clears throat> and purple podcast this is the blue and <laughs> show. And we still got a little bit more blue to talk about. Yes. What is going on with Saquon, bro? Uh, what is going on? And 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 Dexter Lawrence for that matter. All of, yeah, all of this stuff is ugh, nothing is going on. Everything is wonderful over here. Video show, you know, show on the blue. Look at that beautiful green field. Uh, it's it's everything is great and hunky dory. Literally nothing to talk about. They're just deciding to not sign their contracts yet which makes them ineligible to come to the voluntary practices. Uh, but again, they're voluntary. Most of these guys don't show up right. anyway. You know, half the, like all the veterans, this is more for like the rookies, 
this is more for like the new people that are on the squad to kind of get uh, comfortable and accustomed to, you know, them, to, to, to the team, the facility and everything. Uh, the veterans, they have like their own workouts, man. Like Dexter Lawrence, sexy Dexy, as we see on this. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I would say that I'm a little bit more concerned with, with, with Dex. Uh, that man's a beast. I think, yeah, I still think, you know, I still think that, like, they're both signed their contracts. They're just, you know, uh, bringing it down to the wire. Like, you know, one thing that we've seen is that the Giants are really good at negotiating down to the, uh, down to the wire, making sure that they do all their due diligence um, and making sure that they don't get bullied around, I think. Right. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of, oh, there's that word again. There's that word again. <laughs> there's the um, leverage cast. Oh my gosh. But you know what? I, I, I do tend to agree with it. I think people are take, making this um, to be much bigger than what it really is. Because like you said, these are voluntary workouts. So even if they were signed, if they don't show up, it's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? The fact that they're they're looking for the bag, especially with with Saquon, but really with Dexter Lawrence, right? Um, it it kind of makes sense because let's say you go to voluntary and you get hurt, that puts your leverage in danger. <laughs> in danger, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I I'm not completely worried about you know um, Saquon and Dexter missing voluntaries, uh, but the longer that this lingers, especially with Saquon. It becomes a little bit more pro- problematic because you want to get those guys in there. You want to get them working, especially after the year that you guys had last year, where you know everything was positivity and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah you yeah. want to get those guys in there and working but, toward that one goal, right? But again, I think this is just business as usual. Yeah, guys, that's all. They, they're not. It's not like they're sitting at home not working. They're doing their thing. Saquon Barkley was with Daniel Jones in Arizona. You know, running plays and practicing and getting themselves kind of back ready to before, you know, coming into the facility. So, you know, I don't think that this is all acting in bad faith. I think this is just social media and, uh, you know, journalists out there that are trying to, you know, in in a in a in a very slow story uh, kind of a news cycle. You know, the only thing that's happening is that nothing has happened with the Jets and nothing is happening with the Giants. So let's fabricate some news. <laughs> really what's happening. Yeah, that's, it's that's true. Honest truth. Um, but when I say that, like, I'm, I'm less worried <clears throat> about Saquon, it's primarily because, again, we have so many picks in the draft that we're definitely going to be picking up some running backs or trading up to some running backs, which is also a, a healthy and most likely scenario for the Giants, considering that Saquon is uh, – uh, starting his fifth year so he's about halfway through his uh running back life cycle um <coughs> this is, it, it all sounds about right uh with Saquon and we're most likely gonna have the protection but with Dex you know I I'd be I'd be a little bit more concerned if uh if, if something were to happen uh contractually or business wise with Dex. So okay um so here's my take I guess on these two players um and then i'm gonna i guess you answered my question which is who you would be more concerned about but i have i'm gonna have another question for you after that um the thing of it is with saquon barkley like you both said it's kind of business as usual this happens a lot with a lot of these players they miss Mm -hmm. the voluntary workouts early on in order to create the l word i'm not going to use the entire word right now we're going to censor that in order to create their own l word for their contracts and increase their value on the market. With Saquon, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to reach that agreement, right? Because this franchise tag was somewhere around $10, $11 million, I think, is the one that he he refused, if I'm not mistaken, right? And the money that he's looking for is like four years, 15 or $16 million, uh, four or five years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That was the last thing that I saw. That's not that far apart. That's not a huge difference in wants and needs for both the team and and the player um so i can see them signing something like a four-year contract somewhere in the 13 or 12 to 14 million dollar range i can see them reaching that kind of agreement um without too much issue by the time that the actual training camp begins um with dexter lawrence it's a little more concerning right because 
he's somewhere in the 12 to 13 million dollar range i think is his is the final year of his contract and he's looking for a record breaking contract uh because of the recent record breaking contracts that have been signed in the nfl with some other tackles so he's looking somewhere i think in in the 90 to 95 million dollar range for four or five years on that extension that's a hell of a lot bigger of a difference in terms of the money that you're going to have to to shell out for for Dexter Lawrence for sexy Dexy. So I guess the question then becomes like who would be the bigger hit in terms of losing them uh, at the end of the season? For me, I think it would be Lawrence. Actually, I think like Gabe said, there's a lot of opportunity to find some other running backs, but. I still think that Barkley might be worth it if he's willing to take around $13 million for four years because that would finish out his life cycle as a running back. The other half of it about, right, it's like, you know, seven to nine years for some of the best running backs. That would be about nine years right there. And, and that might be worth it for the Giants. So that's kind of my take on that. But, yeah, who would be the bigger loss for, in, in your opinion, guys? Well, I, I, yeah, I was going to ask, like, like, why don't we do a little bit like of a around the table pick one to keep and one to uh, to let go? Uh, I I would keep Lawrence if you could, even though it's more difficult. Yeah, I keep Lawrence myself, even if even though I love Barkley and I like, you know, was rooting for him last season and really, really want him to stay. I really want that deal to I wanted I wanted both of them back. You know, when it was when it was the same conversation, who do you keep, Jones or Barkley? I was like, you keep both, you know, personally. Um, yeah, if you can. Now, this scenario um, is tough because now that we have Daniel Jones, it's it's you can replace Barkley, but I don't think you can replace Lawrence. Damn, now that I'm saying that out loud, it kind of kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Walter? I understand that. <laughs> oh. Okay. Am I going to be the one that breaks the 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 unanimous? I don't unanimous think so. Thing? I don't yeah, think I'm, so. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna and lovers. So. Oh God. <laughs> right. Listen. The 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 stuff that the stuff that Dexter Lawrence is going to go through is going to directly impact the Jets because we have a guy in Quinnen Williams that has a has a contract coming up. And he's probably looking at twenty to twenty-five to get that bag, you know. Um, but I'm gonna, refer, I'm gonna, you know, fall back to what Robert Sala says: when you have a guy that can rush the passer, you don't let him out the building. And, yeah. and those guys are hard to find. Unfortunately for for you know Saquon Barkley, that is a position that has been devalued over the years. Whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not going to be the one to tell you that. I think I think running backs still hold a, a ton of value on a team, especially since they get the ball so much. The problem is they get the ball so much, and so that opens them up to injuries, which shorten their careers. Um, and so that's the problem that Saquon Barkley has right now. And there are guys in the draft that, and we're going to get to that a little bit later. There are guys in the draft that the Giants can take and kind of prepare themselves for Barkley leaving. Again, pass rushes are hard to find. And that's why I think, in agreeing with both of you guys, um, Dexter Lawrence needs to be the main focus. Well, the thing is that, like, you know, that's, that's the thing. Barkley isn't going anywhere. No one's going to trade two first-round picks for Barkley. And no. so Barkley, if he wants to play, he's got to sign the contract no matter what the contract is. Yeah, I know. And and it's, it's it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks for him because they did have an offer of, what, 13.5 that they did turn down. So, um, and, and you know, the, this notion that the Giants aren't willing to work with him, dude, they offered him 13.5. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the narrative that you should be running with if you're yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you know they, they they like I said, like they're trying to make sure that they're not getting necessarily bullied around. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that a lot of people say that like Jones's contract, um, like like look how much Jones got. Don't say that they're not getting bullied around, but they didn't get bullied around by Jones because yes, he is getting 
forty million. He's getting a forty million dollar year contract, but like half of that is all in incentives and and future pay. Like they didn't get bullied around. It's not guaranteed money. Only like like what is a sixty eight million out of his uh, entire contract is guaranteed. Right. Well, yeah. Um. So yeah. He, the the Giants didn't get bullied around. They're showing that too. We're gonna be fair. But we're not going to get bullied around because all of this, everything that's happening right now between the Giants, between the Jets, between every single player and every single team and everybody asking for record record breaking contracts. It's because of one man and one team. Who do you guys think I'm talking about? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kind of say one thing on the other side of what you were saying, Walter, even though I also agree uh, running backs have tremendous value in the NFL. I don't look around. This is my, my personal anecdote. I don't look around at any team in the NFL that is a Saquon Barkley away from competing. Right. There's not yeah. a team that really has a need and wants to pay that kind of money. Right. At the same time, you know, and so that goes into the devaluing of that of that position and stuff. Um, before we move on, and Gabe, I, I did mention this to you that we were going to do this. Um, on the Twitter, on the Twitterverse, there's a video going around um, regarding oh, okay. regarding both Saquon and Dexter and DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play it now, and I want you guys to kind of react to what, um, what, this, what this is, because I find it very, very interesting. But you know what? I'll save that for your reactions. Here's the video that we're talking about. You paid Daniel Jones, but now you're not going to pay Saquon. You're not going to give Dexter. Everybody in that locker room, Everybody in that locker room knows the reason they won wasn't because of Daniel Jones. He had something to do with it, but he didn't carry the team. The players know this. You can't con the players. They know this. Mm -hmm. And so there it is, right? Chronic feeling of underappreciation. Saquon feels underappreciation. Daniel doesn't, but Saquon does. Dexter does. And so this, this is what happens. And they didn't win enough, and they're not good enough as a team to be able to kind of go through this. Like, th- they didn't win a championship. They won nine freaking games and beat a shitty Minnesota team and got their ass kicked. They're not good enough to have the disease of me. That has inspired a ton of anger and vitriol toward this guy. And let me let me tell you who this guy is. I, I have it here. Um, this was the... I can I tell you who he is. He's Mr. Full of Shit. <laughs> Michael Lombardi. Michael Lombardi, he was on the GM Shuffle podcast. Um, and and that has gotten a, a lot of reaction, especially in the Twitterverse, um, because a lot of people saying he's out of touch. Um, a lot of people saying yeah. he doesn't know what's going on in the locker room. But then a lot of people are agreeing with him also, saying that, you know what, um, DJ didn't deserve that money. And those players are kind of feeling resentful for it. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at you, Gabe, because I wanted you to react to this more than anything because you're the, the big giant guy in this room here. Well, so, um, well here's, my, here's my thing. Like, people that say that, like, oh, they're, they're you know, that anybody that's agreeing with him, you know, I would just point to all the players that sing all of Daniel Jones' praises throughout the entire season and after the season. Mm-hmm. They're all giving credit. Saquon Barkley has given all the credit to Daniel Jones and for a reason. They all were happy that he got paid because they yes. saw Like the biggest thing over the last three years has always been, man, no one sees the work that he puts, that Daniel Jones puts in. Nobody sees like the talent that he has that we haven't been able to show on the field because of coaching, because of lack of weapons and so on and so forth. So clearly, yes, we're not in the locker room, but those players are the ones that are defending him and the ones that have that see the work that he does and that work with the guy. And if that was the case that he didn't deserve it or that – and you wait, first of all, he's going to say Daniel Jones didn't feel unappreciated. Are you kidding me? The reason that he held out for the contract that he had is because he felt like he was – 
left with the bag and always taking the heat for the last three years. He was underappreciated, and he still is. Again, this feels like Eli Manning all over again, the most underappreciated quarterback of all time, I feel like. Um, and my man is – he showed out. He showed that he can – yes, he only – he didn't have, like, on the numbers uh, game. He didn't have um, – the most remarkable numbers last year. And yes, we only won nine games and sure. We only beat a shitty Minnesota team that a ton of other teams all lost to all throughout the entire season. So shut your mouth. Okay. First of all, uh, but he Ooh. did all this without any tools, without any hope. The only tool that he had was Saquon Barkley. That is it. Another man that also had to show out in order to get his, 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 his uh, his well-deserved kind of, you know, respect. Okay, so we're talking about a team that 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 overperformed, and they only overperformed not just because of the coaching, but because of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, because we had nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this, uh, what is this, Mr. Lombardi, Michael Lombardi? Is he doesn't understand? I don't. I mean, look. I'm not going to call myself the authority on the NFL or on contracts or anything like that compared to anybody else, but he clearly doesn't understand shit about contracts in the NFL. I mean, if anything, we already mentioned it. Blame Deshaun Watson, number one, for driving up the value of quarterbacks considerably, and Russell Wilson as well. These ridiculous contracts that they've signed in the area of $40, $50 million dollars. These are the highest contracts that you have in the NFL for the quarterback. The highest paid defensive tackle is Aaron Donald, who is arguably one of the greatest defensive tackles in NFL history. And he's getting paid about $30 million, which is uh, well above you know, a lot of the other defensive tackles in the NFL. So he's an outlier there. And then the highest paid running back, I think, is Christian McCaffrey at about $15 or $16 million. Okay, so you're talking about different stratospheres in terms of value here. That's the one thing. Um, the other thing is, like, again, to me, and I, I don't know if y'all agree, I don't know if Giants fans agree, it's, it was harder to be successful in the scheme and the situation that Daniel Jones was in than the situation that Saquon Barkley was in. Personally, for, for me, it's a little bit easier to have a really solid running game than to have no wide receiver weapons, uh, to have a poor offensive line, and still do what Daniel Jones did all season. Personally, to me, that's something that's like damn near impossible, which is why I think he was maybe, you know, 40 million was a little bit much, but he deserves to be in the higher tier of quarterbacks. Currently, and, you know, next year we're going to see some people like, again, a Joe Burrow and, and other quarterbacks like that it, go above him in terms of value. So, for me, yeah, it, it, this, this player or this uh, Lombardi person doesn't know what the hell he's talking about in terms of his opinion on who gets valued and who doesn't get valued uh, by the Giants organization, the fans, whoever else. So, let me, let me give you Lombardi's CV because um... – we, we do need to talk about who he is in order to understand where he's coming from. Um, he does have NFL experience. He was the pro, play, pro personnel director for the Cleveland Browns and the director of player personnel. Um, he was the director of pro personnel for Philadelphia Eagles. He was a senior personnel executive for the Oakland Raiders. He was the GM and vice president of the Cleveland Browns. And his last job was he was assistant to the coaching staff in New England back in 2015. And now he is um, an NFL analyst for both the NFL Network and he has his own podcast, which is the aforementioned GM Shuffle. So um, cool. I don't know if we can totally say he doesn't know what he's talking about. When was the last time the Browns won anything? No, 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 no. I, I, I listen. Last time I, the Browns did anything good. I, I do yeah, we won anything. I do when when was he involved with the Eagles? That's the only, the only two questions I have because New England, he did nothing. He did nothing for most of the other teams. No, no, I, I totally agree. But we can't phrase we can't 
phrase him like he doesn't know the inner workings of the NFL oh, because that's, 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 yeah. there. you know what I'm saying? Oh, the inner workings, sure, but this opinion is trash. No, you gotta I, understand I, that listen, the NFL, but his opinion is, is still garbage in my I, opinion. I, to, I totally agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. I and that's why I played the clip because I wanted to get this reaction from you guys. But we do have to respect the fact that he has some NFL. Absolutely. This is not no. this is not a guy. This is not a guy that works on a, a New York radio station and just spouts stuff, you know, just for the sake of 100%. Stuff, no you know? question about it. But, Elon Musk, for example, Elon Musk is a cyber tech industry giant. No, yep. he's talking about there. Still full of shit. Yeah, yeah. And and listen, bad takes are bad takes, right? And, yeah. and everybody everybody has them. So, like, yeah, I think know. this is more of like a hot take for him, you know, specifically on his exactly, podcast. exactly. Much so, like my Elon Musk take right now. Exactly. So <laughs> that that's, being said, that's yeah, that's all yeah, it was. No question know? about it. Um, he's not somebody that I would draft for this show. But <laughs> but but why don't we talk about who the Jets and Giants would be drafting? Ooh, you are you are on fire with the with the segue, man. <laughs> you know, we're trying to beat you as the segue master. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think you've got me cool. beat. So let's talk trash. Let's talk trash. Let's talk draft. Okay. All right. Let's go. I mean, where do we begin? The- what do the Jets need? We just talked about the Giants for a little bit. The Jets need to. The Jets need Yeah, the Jets. So that's not the draft. I no, no. I tr- I tried doing a mock draft, but the fact of the matter is that it's hard to kind of um, speculate what we're doing in the draft, not knowing what the draft camp- compensation could possibly be for Aaron Rodgers. So, for the sake of this episode, we are going to go with the fact that the Jets still have the 13th pick in the draft, and in the second yeah. round, they still hold 42 and 43. Just for the sake of, of talking about this particular you know, episode. And listen, by the time this thing releases, there might that might change drastically, you know? Um, but I, I still do think that the Jets are going to be there at 13. That's my feeling. I don't think that that does change. I think second second round is probably where you're going to find the biggest uh, changes and whatnot. So, what what position do you feel we need to address with that 13 pick first and foremost? <sighs> All right. So the 13. We're assuming we have it. Yeah, right. Go ahead. And and I, I, I don't think that I agree with that. By yeah, way. I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Um, I think for me personally, the Jets have to go offensive tackle. Um, I mean, unless and and you know, of course, this is all dependent on what happens at the top of the draft, and it really does depend if you if you think about it on how many quarterbacks are taken before them. Because you, you're looking at a, a, a situation where three or maybe even four quarterbacks are taken before 13. And if that's the case, then that's good news for the Jets because that means there are going to be guys out there for them to take. Guys like Paris Johnson, guys like Broderick Jones, guys like Peter Skoransky, right? Um, those, are the, those are the things that I really, really do need, do think the Jets need at 13. And 13 is really, really that sweet spot in the draft. I mean, if you look at past drafts, you've had multiple all pros taken at that at that draft position. Um, me personally, I do like Paris Johnson. Um, I think um, for me, it's either Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones. Um, I think Broderick Jones is a stud. He has the best measurables in the draft, I think. If I remember correctly, he ran a 4.94 at the, on a 40, which for a guy his size is ridiculous, right? So this guy, Broderick Jones, is, you know, uh, an athletic talent. Um, but there's also the possibility that those guys are taken as well. And if that's the case, then there are other options uh, for the Jets. But let's focus on tackle first. Um, Jose, what do you, what do you think? I mean, it's. I think that's an easy answer. It, it's offensive tackle. If you're getting Aaron Rodgers, hopefully, or whoever the hell you're getting, if if you stay with Zach Wilson, you know what? At least let's get 
the the offensive line to protect him because his biggest issue is he takes too damn long to throw the ball. So give him a split second longer to maybe throw the ball. Maybe you'll see a little bit more success. It's offensive tackle. Uh, I basically agree with who you pick up. Uh, Skaronsky was somebody that I was looking at because he's probably the most well-balanced offensive tackle, but you're not wrong in focusing on uh, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson Jr., excuse me, uh, because he probably fits the best into the Jets' zone blocking schemes. Um, right. But one way or the other, you've you got to go for offensive tackle because that's probably, you know, I don't want to say the biggest weakness, but the, but the most important weakness to address. You can talk about, you know, strong safety again. We talked about that and cleaning up tackles in the run game which is something that you've talked about a few times, Walter, and we've addressed that a little bit in free agency. There's mm-hmm. more work to be done there. Uh, I think it's our outside linebacker. We need another outside linebacker. And, again, defensive tackles are something that are always useful. But, yeah, it's a 100% agreed offensive tackle. Focus <laughs> on one of the ones that you or I suggested at number 13. Kind of whoever's available amongst those players. Absolutely. You take a chance on them. Yeah. The, the only thing I will say about Skronsky, um is that I, I I do think that he's a very, very polished player. The only problem I have with him is, um, unfortunately, he's got short arms. And yeah. as, a, as, as a tackle, okay. as a tackle, that's not really good. You need those guys that have big wingspans because they're on the outside. Um, he, Skronsky, and and a lot of people have said this, he looks like he's a guy that might move toward the interior of the line, basically like, mm-hmm. like guard, because with having those short arms, if you're, if you're bookend by the center and the tackle, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. That's more of a guard position. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm a little, little, you know, um, worried about taking Swansky there. He's a really good player, but I don't think he trends well on the tackle. I think he's more of a guard. Um, and that's yeah. why I like Paris Johnson because he's got that huge windspan, you know. He's done. So, he's done really well in college, but you know that's a different animal. He doesn't get beat in college. I think they said that some something like fifteen hundred or five hundred. Excuse me, about five hundred snaps. He's given up one sack. He's responsible for one sack being given up. That said, the NFL is a different beast, and those little slight differences and subtleties, like a guy, unfortunately, with short arms might make more of a difference in the NFL where you have the biggest of the, the huge players, the, you know, the, the six foot five, 330 pound monsters with 80 inch wingspans damn near. So it, it makes a difference in the NFL more. So I could agree yeah. with that. Um, so, All right. you know, that that's, I think the biggest need in terms of the jets um, at, at 42 and 43. Um, I would like to see them take a center. Uh, definitely. And mm-hmm. at, at that point, you can start once you once you got that, you know, and I do hope that they do go after Ben Jones um, in free agency. The the previous center for Tennessee, he has um, we have some, uh, you know, our offensive line guy was his offensive guy, guy in Tennessee. So I would like to see that. Um, but let's talk about the Giants now, because. The Giants have some picks. They have needs. Um, I think one of the biggest needs. We got picks. Yeah, I think one of the biggest needs, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. um, Do you think they go wide receiver in that first round? Well, I really do think that, like, I think that, again, weapons for Daniel Jones is, all right, so as far as priorities go, we need more weapons for Daniel Jones, as evidenced by the fact that, you know, he didn't have enough weapons in order to produce as much as he could possibly produce. Um, we do also still need a uh, better protection on the O-line. So those are the two areas that I think that we do need to kind of really, really focus and, and, and fix. However, with the amount of picks that we have, we also have the ability to trade up, you know, with the 25th overall pick. I think a mm-hmm. lot of the best options are most likely going to be gone. Um, so I have like my desires and who I would want to pick. And I do want to see, you know, a, a couple wide receivers being picked up, mm-hmm. um, especially because in this wide receiver class, we have some wide receivers that don't only have like amazing talent also have like a, a lot of really good experience, um, with some other really good quarterbacks and systems and stuff. So I think that this is going to be like, 
I would say the most veteran rookies coming into the season, you know, um, I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the, the overall my overall feeling is while while there's some players that I would like to see us get picked, uh, I'd like to see us pick. I think that most likely we're going to be trading up to try to move up uh, higher on the uh, draft. So that we can then get these uh, picks. And the people that I'm looking at, I really like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. I mean, everybody's saying that these are it's going to be between these two. Um, but personally, I really like Jalen Hyatt, uh, mainly because he's 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 a uh, a deep ball kind of guy. Um, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are are, are great route runners. Um, uh, have a lot of really good experience. I think Jordan Addison has probably the best experience uh, having uh, caught for uh, Kenny Pickett um, and, and and you know you know playing a pit and stuff. Um, I think that Jordan Addison probably has the more veteran seeming kind of experience. You could say um, he also has the biggest wingspan out of the three. Uh, which, by the way, I know that like I want a bigger wide receiver guy but all these guys are about the same height with yeah. uh, jordan addison and zay flowers uh coming in at six feet around 175 to 180 pounds um and um zay and- flowers is undersized actually he's 5'10 yeah he's not six foot zay flowers is 5'10 oh, sorry zay flowers is 5'10 jalen hyatt yeah. and uh jalen hyatt, yeah, yeah. and jordan addison they're both six feet so we're yeah. still, like looking at like relatively small uh wide receivers um but it, it, you know, if if we can't get them on 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 big size, we can get them in speed and depth. So, um, so yeah, my top pick, or what I think will most likely happen, is either we move up higher on the draft to get Jordan Addison, um, or we end up uh, getting Jalen Hyatt if he's uh, available at twenty fifth. So. I, I will say this: I, I'm I'm kind of sold for the giants and again this is me speaking as a jets fan so i'm not i'm not as well versed with your team as much as mine right but i do like zay flowers for the for the giants i do understand that he's five nine and and that ten, is a problem five ten, five, ten. Five, you know ten. We, always, we always you know we're 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 you know adult men so we always round up a couple inches yeah so <laughs> okay so we'll put him at five ten right so that that is undersized in terms of you know the wide receiver room, especially with your wide receiver room, which um, is kind of smallish here. But the fact that he has that game breaking talent—that's something that you don't have right now in yes. that room. And he he's a guy that you know defensive coordinators will go, are going to lose sleep over because of the speed that he has and the separation that he he can create with the cornerbacks i think you know putting him with the giants that gives them another game breaker along with saquon um that makes it difficult to really to game plan for the giants in terms of their offense because that gives you that vertical deep threat and you know that you i'm gonna use something that joe douglas likes to use um speed brings brings pressure and pressure breaks pipes you know, and I I think when you add that to the Giants room, that's that's a weapon that you can't look away from. You know, so yeah, that's absolutely true. And and it's funny that you mentioned this because one of uh, the one of the biggest for me late season highlights that I was really excited for that we no longer have is Richie James. He was kind of you know coming into his own. He was being kind of like a bit of a game breaker uh, wide receiver. He's five nine. So right, so you you can you can get away with those smallish guys. Um, I think when when you're looking at taller receivers, you're really looking more red zone and and yeah, you look at this, but again, that's why I say like we don't have a deep ball guy, which is why Daniel Jones doesn't ever throw the deep ball. Right, and and you know what, you're you're right now your red zone guy really is going to be Darren Waller. I think he's a guy that that Daniel Jones is going to rely on. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at plus seventy catches for him, if not more. Um, in terms of that offense, because he's really going to be the guy that Daniel Jones is going to focus on, you know. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me give my take real quick. Um, I I still don't agree that Zay Jones is the right is the right 
uh, pick for the Giants because if you're talking about game-breaking speed, uh, you actually should be talking more about Jalen Hyatt. He has a faster 40 time than, than Zay Jones does. He might be quicker. Zay Jones may be quicker, but you're talking about a 4.46 4, 4, 4. 40 for Zay Jones and a 4.4 4 for Jalen Hyatt. It's a small difference, but these are the things that make a bigger difference in the NFL. He has a 40-inch vertical. He has an 11-foot broad jump, and he's a lot bigger. He's one of the biggest wide receivers that we talked about, actually. He's six foot one, 185 pounds. You talk about somebody like uh, Jordan Addison, he's six foot, I think, 175 pounds. So in comparison, a little bit more undersized, and his 40 time is 4.49. So for me, it's it's all Jalen Hyatt, I think, or not all Jalen Hyatt, um, but I think he's the best the best possibility for them also in terms of the fact that he's the one that's most likely to fall to them at 25th. We're not as likely to get Jordan Addison. He's probably going to be somewhere around 20 and Zay Flowers is probably going to be even higher than that. So in terms of business sense, it makes the most sense also because then you don't have to trade up and you potentially are actually getting the best wide receiver in terms of speed and size for the Giants. That works. That works. Yeah, I think, I think Jordan's going to end up yeah. going to the Cowboys. Uh, Zay, Zay or Jordan, one of them are going to end up going to the Cowboys. That's my feeling, So, uh, which sucks, but those Cowboys suck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think I think we kind of have covered everything that we needed to cover. Look at that. And here I thought that there was no news, you know, but we got, yeah. some, we got something out of this weird uh, – New York State of Football, non-news news. Yeah, and, and we'll be back in like about a week and a half and change with our draft special. Um, yeah, we're we're actually gonna go to uh, MetLife to kind of. I am gonna try to make that happen. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I'm confident that I'm gonna be able to join uh, uh, you, Walt, at MetLife. Uh, Fortunately, draft party, draft party. You know. Oh. I, I, I might virtually join you all, of course, because uh, depending on when we record the episode, I either need to be home in Atlanta or in Columbus, Ohio. So, yeah. But it'll be a fun episode nonetheless. Absolutely. All right, Talk. guys. Awesome episode. Um, so glad we had a chance to talk about both Jets and Giants because uh, lately it's been kind of Jets-centric just because of all the, the news that's been out there. But... It's good to talk Giants also as well. Hey, man. Roger that. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So, uh, guys, um, please remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe if you're listening to this on the audio podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, just remember to hit that subscribe button and that little bell for notifications. Um, and, right. guys, until <laughs> then, yes. We're about to bounce. So, as always, go Jets. Go Giants. And go Giants. Go Giants. Later, people. Peace.